Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. This week is the last week of film noir. Or actually, no, wait. Because we go into... Today is the 23rd. We're going to go until next week, the 30th. Yes. A lot to... I mean, you know, we've covered a lot film-wise with film noir, with the genre itself, and... Yeah, there's a lot to be said, but the history of film noir, you know, like I want to ask, when was it, okay, when was film noir um, coined? Because, you know, I mean, there's, there's different factors. When was it truly coined? Okay. Oh. The term film noir is typically crea- uh, credited to the f- French critic Nino Frank, who apparently coined it in 1946 essay published in the magazine Le Incran Francies to describe four American crime films, John Huston's The Maltese Falcon, Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity, and Otto Preminger's Laura. Yes. Okay. You know what's interesting is when you when you look it up, there's so many different examples. Oh, okay, here's some different examples. You know because we're we're winding down. I mean, we're going to talk about a movie eventually. You know, and there's always key takeaways. Hmm. Okay. Unlike other stylistic genres, film noir was not a genre that filmmakers of the classic Hollywood era set out to make. In fact, films in that so-called film noir style had been popular for six years before French film critic Nino Frank coined the term in 1946, film noir. Frank used the term to describe low-budget dark film crime dramas released by Hollywood studios, while the gangster film had existed since at least D.W. Griffin's 1912 short, The Musketeers of Pig Alley. The specific style and presentation of film noir was new. Film noir emerged from the popularity of the American hard-boiled crime fiction novels, low-cost, entertaining paperbacks popular in the 1930s. The popularity of these books, written by authors like Raymond Chandler, caught the attention of Hollywood. In fact, Chandler and other crime novelists found work writing film screenplays in, in the 1940s. Film noir characteristics. Because the category emerged after many film noir movies had been created, there was no universally agreed upon definition of film noir. However, there are some key elements that could be found in most examples of the genre. Characters. The standard film noir protagonist is a private eye or a detective whose persona often has shades of gray, such as dark past or moral ambiguity. Another standard character in the femme fatale, a desirable, aggressive woman. Okay, I think we've covered this before. Yes. And it has an interesting... Okay, Sunset Boulevard. I could could put that in there. Though... Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard eschews many of the common narratives and elements of film noir. It is unarguably one of the most important works of the genre. The film depicts the dark side of Hollywood with washed-up screenwriter Joe Gillis, William Holden, getting involved with an aging silent film starlet, Norma Desmond, 
Gloria Swanson, who is obsessed with his past fra- fame, her past fame. Sunset Boulevard might be short on gangsters, but it dramatizes the dark fringes of society as effectively as any other film noir. The Sweet Smell of Success, 1957. Director Alexander McKendrick's Sweet Smell of Success follows the New York press agent Sidney Falco, by, played by Tony Curtis, who is blackballed by a famous newspaper columnist, Burt Lancaster, into framing a jazz musician for drug possession. This twisty narrative features Falco spurring, sparring with the columnist's influence as he tries to keep his reputation intact in the seedy nightclub scene. A a box office failure upon its initial release, Sweet Smell Success was later recognized by critics and audiences as a classic exa- example of 1950s film noir. Touch of Evil, which is very disturbing. 1958. After v- defining much of the film noir style with Citizen Kane in 1941 and starring the film noir classic The Third Man, Hello, from 1949, Orson Welles wrote and directed Touch of Evil, considered by many t- critics to be one of the final film noir movies ever made. Charlton Heston stars as a Mexican drug enforcement agent who witnessed a car bomb and becomes involved in the investigation. Okay, that's a stretch. The original version, which was cut by Universal, did poorly in the United States. In 1998, the restoration that followed Wells' editing notes received greater acclaim. The legacy of film noir. Because the style of film noir is specifically tied to a particular era, genre is considered to have formally ended at the 1950s. I disagree with that. However, hundreds of films have since embraced elements of film noir. More recent films influenced by film noir include Blade Runner from 1982, L.A. Confidential, 1997, The Big Lebowski, okay, 1998, Sin City, 2005, and Blade Runner 2049, released in 2017. These movies are often labeled neo-noir for reproducing key elements of the film noir style. Ida Ida Lupino, hello, trailblazing actor, director, producer, and screenwriter, was a film noir director. And so film noir really, it just continues. It's continuous. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are so many different definitive answers to what film noir could be. It could be anything you want it to be. There's flashbacks. As I've said, many of them are former, you know, uh, men of the cloth, men of war. Okay, here we go. The golden age of film noir. Early examples of the noir style include dark, symbolized, stylized detective films such as Don Houston's The Maltese Falcon, Frank Tuttle's The Guns for Hire, Otto Preminger's Laura, and Edward DeMarc's Murder My Sweet, banned in occupied countries during the war. These films became available throughout Europe beginning in 1946. French cinemas, cinematés, admire them for their cold, cynical characters and dark, brooding style. They afforded the film's exclusive praise in French journals such as Cachets de Cinema. French critics coined the term film noir in reference to the low-keyed lighting used to enhance these dramas stylistically. Although the term would not become a com- commonplace in international critical circles until the publication of the book Par- Paranorma de la Film 
nor American, in 1955, by Raymond Bourdet and Etienne Chatonon. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, there's... Yeah, Veronica Lake and the Blue Dahlia, of course, of course. Defining the genre. Controversy exists to whether film noir can be classified as a genre or subgenre. If any, the, the term merely refers to stylistic elements common to various genres. Film noir does not have a cinematic, a thematic cohort. Coherence. The term is used most often applied to crime dramas, but certain westerns and comedies have cited as examples of film noir by some critics. Even such sentimental comedy dramas as Frank Capra's Really? It's a Wonderful Life have been cited as nourish by critics who find it suicidal hero and bleak depiction of small town life, a tone subtly dismal, dismal from film noir. Such films as this, oftentimes designated as semi-noir or film gores, gray film, to indicate their hybrid status. Okay. Mm. Yes, the German expression and style used by it's it's truly German expressionism. You know, F. W. Murnau. We have to thank for that. These lighting effects were used in the Hollywood by cinematographers such as Greg Tolan, Citizen Kane, John F. Seitz, Double Indemnity, and F Carl Frund, Key Largo, and Sid Hiddock, Hick Hickox, The Big Sleep, to heighten the somber tone of the films in the genre. Classic films of the noir included rain-soaked streets in the early morning hours, street lamps with shimmering halos, flashing neon signs on city taverns, diners and apartment buildings and endless streams of cigarette smoke waving in and out of shadows such images should would lose their inability with realistic lighting or color cinematography ah the omnipresent narrator in the flashback the inherent subjectivity of expressionism is also evident in film noir's use of narration and flashback an omnis om ominiscent metaphor sprouting narrative who often central character a world weary private eye frequently clarifies a characteristically labyrinth labyrinthian nor plot or uh, offers an, a subjective jaded viewpoint in other films such as wells citizen kane and wilder's double indemnity and sunset boulevard the denetorment often Death or downfall, or the central character is revealed in the opening scenes. Flashbacks then tell of the circumstances that led to the tragic conclusion. Tension and suspense are increased by the use of all knowing narrators and flashbacks, and the audience always co coherent of impending doom. The noir hero. Ah! So, with the noir hero, you have such people as John Garfield in The Postman Always Rings Twice. Edward G. Robinson and The Woman in the Window and Humphrey Bogart in The Maltese Falcon as Sam Spade. The Noir Women. Now, this is important. You have, of course, Kathy Moffat, portrayed by Jane Greer in Out of the Past, while flirting with Robert Mitchum's character in The Mexican Cafe. She describes a local night spot that she thinks would be to his liking. As she leaves the cafe, she turns to Mitchum and coyly says, 
I sometimes go there. At which point the viewer familiar with the noir genre knows that Mitchum is one on the one-way path to destruction. Nevertheless, the women of the film noir often evoke sympathy as they are frequently victims of emotional or physical abuse. With such victimized providing impedious for their vengeance, they are often trapped in passionless or violent marriages and resort to murder as a means of escape, usually destroying their conspiring paramours in the process. You know, I mean, I I don't know, you know, a lot of Billy Wilder's films have that noir style. Now, there's one of Billy Wilder's films, I don't know if we could classify it as noir, although it truly is a dark film, and I wanted to highlight it. If we can. You know, I mean, he did everything from Some Like It Hot to Double Indemnity to The Apartment. Yeah. The Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend has, you know, it has bits of film noir. Okay. Mm, Could we call this film noir? Let's see. You know, because there are subgenres of film noir. There are hybrids of film noir. Is it film noir? I'm going to ask. I love how sometimes the technology doesn't want to cooperate. Okay. Ah, see how I asked the question. Okay. Witness for the Prosecution is a 1957 American film co-adapted and directed by Billy Wilder, starring Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich, Charles Lawton, and Elsa Lanchester. The film, which has film noir elements, depicts an English courtroom drama. Okay. So it has film noir elements. You know, Witness for the Prosecution has such an amazing ending. Um... And what's surprising about Witness for the Prosecution is the fact that Marlena Dietrich did not receive an Academy Award for it or a nomination. And there's always been controversy over this. Yeah. If we can find it. Here we go. Oh, Mrs. Helm, which do you prefer to be called? It does not matter. Does it not? In this country, we are inclined to take a rather more serious view of marriage. However, Frau Helm, it would appear, when you first met the prisoner in Hamburg, you lied to him about your marital status? I wanted to get out of Germany, so... You lied, did you not? Yes or no, please? Yes. Thank you. And subsequently, in arranging the marriage, you lied to the authorities? I um, did not tell the truth to the authorities. You lied to them? Yes. And in the ceremony of marriage itself, when you swore to love and to honor and to cherish your husband, that too was a lie? Yes. And when the police questioned you about this wretched man who believes himself married and loved, you told them. I told them what Leonard wanted me to say. You told them that he was at home with you at 25 minutes past nine, and now you say that that was a lie. Yes, a lie. And when you said that he had accidentally cut his wrist again, you lied. Yes. 
And now today you've told us a new story entirely. The question is, Frau Helm, were you lying then? Are you lying now? Or are you not, in fact, a chronic and habitual liar? This is a capital charge, and within the bounds of reason, I should like the defense to have every latitude. My lord, may I also remind my learned friend that his witness, by her own admission, has already violated so many oaths that I am surprised the testament did not leap from her hand when she was sworn here today. I doubt if anything is to be gained by questioning you any further. And so that is courtroom drama with noir aspects. But there's one moment that I wanted to find, and I'm looking for it now. You know, Marlena Dietrich, some wouldn't think of her as a great actor, but she, you know, because she was a starlet. But in this aspect, she was a great actress. This is hell. You appreciate you are still under oath. Yes. Mrs. Helm, do you know a man named Max? I don't know what you mean. It's a simple question. Do you or do you not know a man called Max? Max? Certainly not. It's a fairly common name, and yet you mean you've never known a man with the name of Max? Oh, in Germany, perhaps, but that was a long time ago. I shall not ask you to go back that far. Just a few weeks to uh, October the 20th last. What have you got there? A letter. I suggest in October the 20th, you wrote a certain letter. I don't know what you're talking about. Addressed to a man named Max. I did nothing of the sort. The letter was but one of a series written to the same man. Lies. All lies. You would seem to have been on, well, let us say, on intimate terms with this man. How dare you say a thing like that? It isn't true. I'm not concerned with the general trend of this correspondence, only with one particular letter. My beloved Max, an extraordinary thing has happened. I believe all our difficulties may be ended. I will not stand here and listen to a pack of lies. That letter is a forgery. It isn't even my letter paper. It isn't? No. I write my letters on small blue paper with my initials on it. This happens to be a bill from my tailor for a pair of extremely becoming Bermuda shorts. Wilfred the Fox, that's what we call him, and that's what he is. Now, Mrs. Helm, you've been kind enough to identify your letter paper. Now, if you like, I can have an expert identify your handwriting. Damn you! Damn you! Leave her alone! Damn and so that's a pivotal moment and you know that's marlene dietrich right there and there was such a shock that she didn't get nominated for that that you know everyone remembers her for lola lola and the blue angel there's the german version and the american version and there's her only oscar nomination which was morocco 
the noir aspects of Witness for the Prosecution, for one, is the ending. The ending is a shocking ending. They play with it. You know, it's like Key Largo. The ending is shocking. Um... And also the secrecy, the mystery. There's a mystery to her character that you find out as you watch the movie. You you have to do a double take at first. But that moment where she says, damn you, she realizes she's in deep shit. And so that's moments like that where it's noir-esque, you know what I mean? Um and and uh, we could call her the femme fatale. I mean, you know, even 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 at that point, Marlena Dietrich was still getting it done. Okay, she was still getting it done. She had those legs. You know, um, she would cause a she caused a stir every time she'd go out. That was just part of her her shtick. You know what I mean? Um, I've noticed over the years that Madonna. Yeah, we're mentioning Madonna on film noir. Isn't that funny? She better not. I think that it's all about her, you know. It's like Carly Simon. You know the song is about you, not really. Um, I've noticed over the years has always tried to copy Marlena Dietrich's style, and you just can't do that. I mean, I'm sure she, if she had lived to see the erotica phase where Madonna has got the top hat on and kissing girls, it's like, yeah, Marlena Dietrich probably would have went <laughs> amateur, you know. Desperation, you know. I think at this point in her career, though, because her albums are just not selling, Madonna. Maybe she would have a good plot in a film noir film, as you know, the femme fatale, Desperado. <laughs> we have to add a little humor to that element right there. Um, but yeah, you know, I've really enjoyed doing this film noir, and you know. Okay, interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay, just some some news, you know. So, could film noir be done today? Yes, it has. Because if you look at something like the girl with the dragon tattoo, could they redo Witness for the Prosecution? I, they better not. They better not. As always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>